Good afternoon and welcome to the Catholic Opinion. My name is Father Anthony Sumich, a priest of the Priestly Fraternity of St. Peter, bringing you the show from Auckland, New Zealand in the Auckland Catholic Diocese. Let's begin today's show with a prayer. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, Amen. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. So welcome back to our show. If you are someone who regularly listens in, Last couple of weeks we had some meditations and this week we're going to get back into our history of the Catholic Church as it's been a fascinating part of history in the early 16th century with the breakaway of Martin Luther and his increasingly large number of followers as they want to cut off the moral um, aspect of the church's disciplines so that they can pretty much do what they want in terms of some of these moral codes because it comes down eventually to a subjective read of one's own sinfulness and one's own situation with regards to God. So uh, as we left off a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago actually, we were talking about the monastery on the outskirts of Nuremberg that had a number of nuns who did not want to leave their monastery. They did not want to give up their vows. And one of them, uh, whose father was a city councillor, she wrote to her father the following letter or following note. With the help of God, no one shall drag me out of my beloved cloister while I live. I will go further and I will say this much. If they abuse the monastic state as something so terrible, I at least am of this mind. Had I still my free will, I would offer again myself to God of that free will. Let them preach and say what they will. In the state of a nun, I desire and intend to live and to die, and in the state, so God gives me grace to await my judge. A very strong um, letter there. And so the priests were sent away from uh, administering to these nuns and Lutheran preachers were sent in and they would revile the church and the Pope and clergy and religious, repudiate the mass, condemning the monastic way of life. And for five years, these poor clear nuns were deprived of penance in the Eucharist. In June of 1525, the wives of three of the Nuremberg city councillors informed the abbess, and that's the, the nun in charge of the um, the abbey there, that they were going to remove their daughters from the convent where two had dwelt for six years and the other for nine years and they would remove their daughters by force. The abbess told the mothers that she would not order the young women to leave and they refused to go. A Lutheran crowd was assembled and they were literally dragged out of the monastery with one of the mothers striking her daughter in the face until blood ran. The official city chronicle, that is the Nuremberg City Chronicle, in its report of the incident said that the young women were, quote, were tired of convent life, unquote. 
and this is not something this is uh, written by a Catholic author. This was in the actual uh, book written on Martin Luther's life by a Lutheran. History doesn't tell us whether any of these three were ever able to return, but nearly all the others stayed. And as time passed and word of their heroic constancy spread, priests began to come and minister to them in secret. In the end, the community survived, along with a house of the observant Franciscans that were similarly persecuted. But all the other monasteries in and near Nuremberg were eliminated. On November 7, 17 and 1524, Luther, who had long been, who had long criticised the continuation of the Catholic Mass at the last church, church in Wittenberg, which still dared to conduct it, issued a preemptory demand for its immediate cessation. With his demand was, when his demand was not obeyed, he delivered a fiery sermon the following Sunday, calling the Mass. Blasphemy, madness, and a lie. And its celebration, quote, worse than unchastity, murder, or robbery, unquote, and urging all princes and rulers, burgomeisters, councillors, and judges to put a stop to it. There was an explosion of popular denunciation and ridicule of the priests and mass goers. Their appeals to Elector Frederick for protection went unanswered. They surrendered. For the first time since the founding of the town of Wittenberg, no mass was said on Christmas Day in 1524, nor for many years afterward. In July 1523, a man by the name of Ulrich Zwingli, was actually, who was actually a priest and attached to the Great Church or the Großmünster of Zurich in Switzerland for the past four years who had violated his oath of celibacy by a secret marriage early in 1522 and then challenged the Lenten fast in a pamphlet that year after attending a Lenten dinner at which much sausage was eaten. He published a general attack on Catholic doctrine in the form of a defense of 16, 67 theses his position at this time was essentially the same as Luther's, though he later claimed to have known little of Luther when he wrote his treatise. Zwingli declared that no church law or practice was binding unless it was explicitly stated in the scriptures and then only as interpreted, interpreted by each individual believer. In other words unless the words are so clearly said that they could not be translated in any other way, anybody can translate the scriptures to anything they want to accommodate anything that they believe. His, he harshly condemned relics, the use of relics, incense and decorations in churches, processions, pilgrimages, canon law and payments to the church, the sacrificial character of the mass, the existence of purgatory, prayers for the intercession of the saints and the monastic way of life. It sounds very much like the 21st century, perhaps even in the Catholic Church in some way. Two months later, the town council of Zurich put him in charge of the church there and its entire school system without any semblance of seeking approval from the Bishop of Constance, who had jurisdiction over Zurich 
to say nothing of the Pope. In the same month, September 1523, when Zwingli became the official religious leader of Zurich, destruction of its church decorations and religious objects began. An altar retable and various ornaments in St. Peter's Church on the 6th, several lamps in the Lady Church on the 13th, an image of Christ on the Mount of Olives in the town, and a miller's crucifix on his own property, allegedly with his consent, though he seems to have been bullied into giving it. The destruction of the two images of Christ on the Mount of Olives and on the crucifix was particularly significant in showing that this was full iconoclasm, not merely a protest against over-expensive ornamentation or prayers to saints. The city council at first refused to punish any of the offenders, all of whom readily admitted their acts, until they had decided whether such objects should be used devotionally Then, under criticism for their inaction, they exiled for two years the two men who had destroyed the crucifix. But when in December a group of men seized a donkey with an image of Christ on it, used in Palm Sunday processions, and threw it into Lake Zurich, the city council released them with no penalty. At the next candle mass on February 2nd, in 1524, no candles were lit in the churches of Zurich. Finally, bestirring himself, the Bishop of Constance sent to Zurich a detailed defence of the veneration of images, probably from the pen of his able Vicar General Faber, which was read to the City Council in June. The debate on the issue must have been furious because during the course of it, the two leading councillors who at least had doubts about the radical nature of Zwingli's so-called reforms were mortally stricken and killed. Their replacements were full supporters of Zwingli, and with their votes, the council ordered the removal of all images from churches in the city of Zurich, with crucifixes temporarily accepted. The work of removal began on July the 2nd, and here is how it was described by a careful modern student who seems to see nothing wrong with it. Quote, For the next 10 days, they moved from church to church in Zurich. Behind closed doors in each church, they took down the sculptures and smashed them up, turning them into cobblestones. They took down the wooden panel paintings and the altarpieces, smashed them and burnt them before the churches. They carried out all the objects made of precious metals and stones, broke them up, melted down the metals and turned them all into money for civic uses, particularly the poor and distributed to the poor the vestments and various garments of the religious. All the images, the idols, carved, painted, sculpted, gilded, cast, and all the objects human skill had made beautiful were returned to the substances from which they had been made, stone, wood, marble, gemstone, metal, and then were put to use as building materials, heating material, and currency for the poor. When the committee members were finally done, they washed the walls white so that none of the paintings of the medieval church would be visible. Unquote. At this time, the relics of Saints Felix and Regula, patrons of Zurich, were secretly removed from their shrines in two churches and, according to one report, thrown into the charnel house where unclaimed flesh and bones were allowed to rot. By November, the net had stretched farther. 
Now the city council demanded that every family which had gravestones and churchyards remove them, with or without the bones of their dead. Any gravestones not removed would be appropriated by the city. On December 3, all remaining monks and nuns in the canton of Zurich were brought together in an assembly and told that the younger ones must immediately return to secular life. The older ones were allowed to remain in the religious life if they insisted, but might not recruit new members, new members or wear a religious habit. They were required to attend Zwinglian sermons. Meanwhile, Zwingli had proclaimed his total rejection, not only of the Catholic Mass, but of the presence of Christ in the Eucharist in any way. In Holy Week of the following year, the City Council, at Zwingli's request, entirely abolished the Mass in Zurich. North of the Rhine in Bavaria, John Eck, still fighting day and night against the rampant heresy unleashed among his people, Late in June, he had met at Regensburg with Archduke Ferdinand, the Duke of Bavaria, and Cardinal Campeggio, now papal legate to Germany, along with several South German bishops to discuss action against the Lutherans. Out of this meeting on July 7 came a formal association of the participants who committed themselves to enforce the Edict of Worms as fully as possible, to maintain the Mass, to withdraw all students from their territory studying at Wittenberg, to end simoniacal purchase of church office and to examine the qualifications of lo and loyalty of all priests. So John Eck heard of the havoc wreaked by Zwingli. In August of 1524, the Swiss Diet met at Baden, north of the Rhine. Eck attended the Diet, attacking Zwingli's 67 theses as manifest heresy and offering to debate Zwingli before a Diet or a committee appointed by it. Zwingli responded by calling Eck a man of notoriously evil life and declining to meet him. In November 1525, Eck renewed his challenge to Zwingli for a debate at Baden, but Zwingli maintained his refusal to come, excusing himself by saying he feared the fate of John Hus at Constance. During the same period, at the famous old city of Strasbourg on the Rhine, Martin Busser and Wolfgang Capito had established themselves as pastors. They were closer to Zwingli than to Luther, and like Zwingli, were enthusiastic iconoclasts. In October 1524, all retables, paintings and relics were stripped from Strasbourg Cathedral, except for the retable on the high altar. The next month, the grave of St. Aurelia in Busser's parish church named for her was opened and everything found within it was thrown into the charnel house. During 1525, First Holy Week was abolished in Strasbourg and then the Mass was abolished. The destruction was completed in 1526 when the great bell of the cathedral was smashed to pieces before its doors and the gilded cross presented by Emperor Charlemagne taken away and never seen again. Luther seems actually to have believed that he could tear out the whole structure of the church from German society while affecting no other part of German society. But of course, there was no way that this could be done. 
the revolutionary spirit that Luther had unleashed would not be confined by any fences he later tried to build. The year 1525 brought to Germany a cataclysm which showed everyone with eyes to see what Luther's revolt had really wrought, causing Luther himself, almost certainly because of a suddenly guilty conscience, to denounce the revolution in terms as scathing as he had ever applied to the church he wanted so much to destroy. Many had predicted it. Perhaps most poignantly, Luther's old Augustinian teacher, Bartholomew Usingen, who in 1524 wrote bitterly to Luther's associate, John Lang, quote, I recalled you from exile, and this is the distinction you have won for yourself. You were the cause of the Erfurt monks leaving their monastery. There had been 14 apostasies, and now yours is the 15th. Like the dragon of the apocalypse when he fell from heaven, you dragged down with you the third part of the stars. Unquote. Professor Usingen wrote to the preacher Kulsama in January of 1525, quote, By your demoralizing preaching, you made the people seditious. And the result is that they not only revolt against the clergy, against whom you are everlastingly stirring them up, but also against all secular rulers. The latter will come to see, when it is too late, how foolishly they have acted in taking you under their protection, unquote. Hieronymus Emser blamed Luther directly and completely for the revolution of 1525, and I quote, Christ is the friend of peace, but this fellow Luther calls to arms. He invites the raging mob to wash their hands in the blood of the clergy. He provokes and incites the masses under a screen of false freedom. He persuaded the people to look on him as a prophet and to set his foolish fancies in a level with the oracles of heaven. The German people, after casting off all the wholesome restrictions of the ancient laws of morality, are bereft of all discipline, of all fear either of God or the authorities. Virtue disappears, law and justice totter. The heart of the German race has been hardened to stone, sunk in the mire and given over to their passions. They despise all the gifts they've received of God, unquote. Luther had not intended these results of his preaching. As early as July 1524, he published a circular to the princes of Saxony concerning the spirit of revolt, in which he explicitly condemned the leading revolutionary Thomas Münzer for his incitement to armed rebellion, saying that he had never resorted to arms or favoured doing so. Munzer replied promptly to Luther, calling him Dr. Liar, and in September led a revolt in the city of Mühlhausen in central Germany, not far from Lutheran Erfurt, plundering churches and monasteries as he established a rebel government. In October, there was a revolt in Klettgau in southern Germany, stirred up by both the Zwinglians of Zurich and by Münzer and his followers who came there to lead it. In December, Münzer abolished the mass in Mühlhausen at the exact moment that Luther was doing the same in Wittenberg. The close association between Lutheran teaching and the revolution was apparent nearly everywhere that rebellion broke out. 
In southern Germany, Swabia and the Black Forest, where uprisings had taken place throughout the summer of 1524, the rebels, who were usually called peasants, though actually they included many townsmen, in March of 1525 formulated their demands in 12 articles, which were quickly published and spread throughout Germany in some 25,000 copies. The first and last of these articles were explicitly Lutheran. That each parish should be allowed to choose its own pastor and that all laws were to be based on scripture. The second and third articles demanded the ending of the tithes to the church. The rest concerned economic and political grievances. Many of these Swabian rebels joined that march in a Christian union led by the Fourier Sebastian Lotzer for the exaltation of the Evangel and the execution of divine justice. The governing articles of this organization stated that all pastors refusing to preach the Evangel should be expelled from the country. Its adherents plundered churches, monasteries and castles wherever they went, making no distinction among them. The Christian Union named Luther, Zwingli and Luther's close associate Philip Melanchthon as theological referees to judge by scripture the new laws the rebels intended to impose, a role which all three men immediately and indignantly rejected because of its association with armed rebellion. Rebels in the Odenwald near Würzburg in central Germany, led by George Metzler, called themselves the Evangelical Army to Defend and Administer the Word of God. In April, Münzer wrote from Mühlhausen to the miners of Mansfeld, called on them to revol- calling on them to revolt in language which shows unmistakably how tightly and indissolubly religious and political revolution were linked in his mind. Quote, Awake and fight the battle of the Lord. It is high time. In Fulda, in Easter week, four cathedral churches were destroyed. The peasants in Kletgau, the Hegau and the Black Forest are up and more than 300,000 strong. And the host increases day by day. Strike, strike, strike. This is the auspicious moment. The wicked ones are quaking like hounds. Do not let yourselves be moved to pity, even though Esau should speak fair words to you. Regard not the lamentation of the godless. Strike, strike, strike with the, while the iron's hot. Keep your swords warm with the blood of tyrants. It is not possible, while they still live, that you should be freed from the fear of man. One cannot speak to you of God while they rule over you. Strike, strike, strike while it is still day. The German Revolution of 1525 climaxed in Holy Week, which came late that year from April 9 to April 16. On the 10th, Duke Albert of Brandenburg, Brandenburg, Grand Master of the Teutonic Knights, who had abandoned his Catholic faith, secularized the extensive lands of his order in order to form the Duchy of Prussia, later to play a central role in German history as its leading non-Catholic state. On the 11th, in Bamberg, near Nuremberg, fired by a Lutheran preacher named Johann Schwanhauser, a violent assembly sounded the tocsin. Chose leaders, barricaded the gates, pressed peaceful citizens into joining them by force and summoned the whole region to revolt. 
The next day, they looted the bishop's house. On the 12th, Metzler's Odenwald rebels sacked the convent of Liechtenstein and now held captive no less than four counts. Though not directly connected in any humanly visible manner, it's worthy of note that it was also in this Holy Week that the Mass was abolished by Zwingli at Zurich with the holy new Lord's Supper commemoration substituted for it at the Great Church in Zurich for the first time on Holy Thursday, April 13 in 1525. On Good Friday, the rebels of the Christian Union of Swabia looted and destroyed the Abbey Church at Kempton in the mournful words of a contemporary account, quote, On the Holy Good Friday, April 14, the day which ought to have been kept most sacred, on that day the devil possessed them entirely. They destroyed the chapel of the rosary and the vault, tore down the pictures and images, and cut off Our Lady's head. They decapitated all the images of God and our Saviour and His Blessed Mother, broken to the image of the child in the Virgin's arms, and other dear images of saints they dishonoured, hacked about, threw down, and broke into pieces. They emptied out the baptismal font in the church in a most sacrilegious manner, broke in pieces the cover and carried it off. Also the sacramental picks, which had been made at great cost, was quite destroyed. The ciborium also, in which the Blessed Sacrament was reserved, would have been blasphemously carried away if a priest had not protected it. On that same Good Friday, George Metzler and his Odenwald rebels plundered all that was ecclesiastical in the town of Neckarlsulm, then marched on Weinsburg in the kingdom of Württemberg. They arrived there just as Easter Mass was being said. With their demand for the immediate surrender of the city, which they which refused, they stormed it, aided by a traitor who opened the gate to them. They killed the priests who had just finished saying the Easter Mass, along with all others they found in the city, and also Count von Helf- Helfenstein and about a dozen nobles. The Count's dead two-year-old son was slashed with a knife and the Count's widow was taken away on a dung cart, begging for Christ to comfort her. Before Metzler's Easter in Weinsberg was done, he was called to nearby Helbron to support an uprising there. Arriving with the blood and the flesh of the victims of Weinsberg still on the clothing of some of his troops, Metzler took over Heilbronn on Easter Tuesday. On that same terrible Easter, the city of Würzburg rose in revolt, capturing its bishop. His chancellor wrote, No one knows how long we may be left alive. Everywhere they are crying out, Strike them dead! Strike them dead! On Easter Monday, Dr. Gerhard Westerberg of Cologne, a Lutheran, and the brother-in-law of Luther's one-time associate, Karlstadt, led a revolt which seized control of the large city of Frankfurt, on Main. On April 25, the Black Forest rebels took Stuttgart, and on the 27th and 28th, Erfurt was taken, its churches and monasteries sacked, and all priests and religious driven out or murdered. In May, the Rhineland rose, but now, in the face of this ultimate menace, all too briefly, the Catholic and Lutheran princes made common cause. The army of Catholic Dukes George of Saxony marched side by side with that of Landgrave Philip of Hesse, who had announced his conversion to Lutherism in February. 
on May the 4th, Luther wrote his four-page pamphlet Against the Murderous Thieving Hordes of Peasants, in which he turned all the savage force of his invective on the rebels, calling for them to be hewn down, slaughtered and stabbed like mad dogs. The next day, Elector Frederick of Saxony, who had protected Luther without ever formally rejecting the Catholic faith, died in despair. He said, and I quote, I see nothing, love nor I see neither love nor truth, nor any good thing remaining upon earth. Unquote. He was succeeded by his openly Lutheran brother, John Frederick. So this was the situation in rebellious Germany. It had turned pretty much into civil war. And all of this, naturally, was as the result of Martin Luther's desire to revolt against the Catholic Church, which has, of course, then led to revolt against all authority. Large numbers of people were killed. Large numbers of churches were destroyed. Large numbers of innocent people were murdered. And the result was a very, very divided Europe after that. So we're almost drawing to the end of today's class. Uh, just a reminder to everybody to uh, keep an eye on the web page and on the Facebook page due to the changing circumstances with regards to COVID. And um, other than that, things go on as usual as we head towards Holy Week. I hope you are continuing with your fasts and we hope to see you at St Anne's sometime in the week for Mass or even on Sunday for our Sunday Mass. God bless you all. Let's conclude with a prayer. In the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and the Holy Ghost as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. May God bless you all and we hope to have you back again next week. Amen.